This is Crime Corner Podcast. I am your host, Homasa, bring you the crime. Welcome to episode 9 of Crime Corner. It feels really good to say that. We passed the, the curse that there is said uh, beyond episode 7. There is a podcast curse going out. But we are on episode 9, so booyah in your face, curse. <laughs> and on today's podcast, I'm bringing you a couple of crime stories, a couple of cases. I'm going to be bringing you four stories and a bonus. You guys earned it, why not? Two days in a row. Gonna be bringing you four stories. The first one is gonna be boy who shot alcoholic mom to death inside lavish mansion was brave and protecting brother. Lawyer says we're gonna be talking into details about that case. Also, there was too much blood. Man's death initially ruled as natural. Then funeral home finds suspicious stab wounds on his neck that'll be our second story and we're gonna go with our third topic case of the day Ali Castile's murder there's been another update suspect Brandon Thesfeld had blood on his clothes weapon in his truck when he was arrested in Memphis that is on the news we're also gonna be talking about a murder suspect slits own throat in court. Now says he deserves a new trial because of it. Oh, he has the audacity. And with their bonus uh, story of the day, we're going to be talking about the grieving father of murdered pregnant mom, Shanann Watts. Says internet trolls are sending death threats, ridiculing dead children. We're going to be talking about that case that was the talk last year on every uh, murder um, outlet that you can think about. We're going to be talking about that. This is Crime Corner Podcast. And we're going to jump right in onto our first story of the day. We're going to be talking about boy who shot alcoholic mom to death inside a lavish mansion was brave and protecting brother, the lawyer says. A young teen who killed his intoxicated mother plans to plead not guilty in juvenile court with the argument that he had the the legal right to defend himself and his young brother, according to his lawyer. Wichita Eagle reports that the boy's attorney, Dan Monette, filed a motion to dismiss a voluntary manslaughter charge against the boy for the death of his mother, Lisa Trammell. 41. Trammell was killed inside her home close to Andover in June 2018. According to court documents, Trammell, who was going through a tumultuous divorce with her son's father had visitations with her sons ages 14 and 12 the day her oldest son shot her. Tramel lived alone in the 8,500 square foot mansion 
off of North 159th East. Tremel's husband, orthodontist Justin Tremel, moved out of the home several months prior, taking the children with him. A court order required the boys to have a bi-weekly parenting time with their mother. During the months prior to the shooting, Justin Tremel filed for divorce. Monette said Tremel was an alcoholic who mentally and physically abused her children. On the day in question, the 14-year-old shot Tremel one time in the neck. He then immediately dialed 911. Tremel was reportedly physically assaulting the youngest brother before she was shot, the attorney claimed. An autopsy later indicated she had hepatic cirrhosis and acute and chronic alcoholism at the time of her death. Her blood alcohol at the time registered at a 0.185, according to court documents. The Sedgwick County Sheriff's Office, however, previously stated that Tremont's death was suspicious. The autopsy also confirmed she had 16 blunt force injuries in the areas on her scalp, forehead, and lower leg. However, it's unclear where the injuries came from and may have resulted from a fall and or resuscitation attempts. Excuse my uh, mispronunciation. Monad argued that the older brother was only trying to protect his younger sibling. For many years, Lisa Tremel was a devoted, loving mother who raised two intelligent, polite, and well-behaved young boys to lead good lives, Monad said. But... The autopsy of Lisa Trammell confirms that death is another instance of the rampant disease of adult alcohol abuse leading to tragic results. Lisa Long suffered the effects of chronic alcoholism, including physically abusing her two young boys. The defense attorney wrote that both boys suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder after with living with years of alleged emotional and physical abuse by their mother. The boys' PTSD symptoms intensified when their mother drank alcohol, a counselor reportedly stated. Friends described Tramel as a loving, happy mother who couldn't hurt anybody. She was very down-to-earth, humble, simple, easy to love, just a true, truly good person. Friend Sherry Love told the Eagle, uh, this story is um, continues to develop, so any updates, I will try and bring it to you guys. That is so sad. Alcoholism is a disease, and it is that was such a sad, sad ending. If it is what they are saying that she would abuse her kids, hitting them, it's just horrible. It's a living hell to live with a person like that. It's the worst. Um, My prayers go to the two kids that are going through this. And that this definitely changed their lives forever. So, yeah, it's a tough one. And we continue with our second story of the day. There was too much blood. Man's death initially ruled as natural. Then, 
funeral home finds suspicious stab wounds on his neck. Authorities in Georgia are investigating after a funeral home reportedly discovered stab wounds on a man who officials deemed to have died from natural causes. That does not sound right. According to WSB-TV, Gwinnett County Medical Examiner's investigator has been disciplined for the oversight regarding the death of Ray Neal, 61, who had been stabbed several times. While the officer who reported to Neal's duplex noted a large amount of blood on the bed and under Neal, the medical examiner attributed the blood loss to his various pre-existing conditions, including hepatitis C. Uh, she was in. She went in all of 10 minutes and said it was all natural causes. The funeral home director came to pick him up. When he walked in, he said, This is something totally different than what they said. Neil's sister, Michelle Smalls, recalled to the news station, Smalls uh, told WAGA that there was blood all over the floor, walls, and shower curtains. I knew it more than what was being said when I walked in and see that amount of blood, it's something else, she said. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution reported that Smalls called police on June 20 after finding Neil dead at his home when he didn't answer his phone. Funeral home employees who were preparing his body for transport reportedly noticed suspicious injuries on Neil's neck prompting medical examiners to perform an autopsy Monday and police to deem his death a homicide. Chief Medical Examiner Eddie Reeves told WAGA that their initial error hasn't compromised or jeopardized their ongoing homicide investigation. Everything we obtained and could obtain, we would have been able to obtain. The examination was not hindered at all by any time frame or anything like that, Reeves said. Authorities haven't identified a suspect in this case. Anyone with information regarding this case should call the Gwinnett County Detectives at 770-513-5300. Somebody is not doing their job. Do your job. This is embarrassing. Like, all that blood. And you're not gonna. No red flags are blinking. Do your job. Plain and simple. Just do your job. And this is case number three. There has been an update on the Ali Castillo murder suspect. Brandon Thesfeld had blood on his clothes, weapon in his truck when he was arrested in Memphis. The suspect arrested for the murder of University of Mississippi student Ali Castillo reportedly had blood on his clothes when he was arrested, and authorities find the weapon in his truck. According to the Oxford Eagle, authorities had tracked Brandon Thesfeld's cell phone and credit cards to Memphis, and Memphis police arrested the suspect at a gas station there on Monday. Law enforcement sources told Fox 13 that uh, Thesfeld's clothes appeared to have blood on them when he was apprehended. 
They also said a weapon was found in his car, but the report did not specify what type of weapon. As it's been previously reported, um, Desfield appeared in court on Tuesday, the day after his arrest. He has not yet had a bond hearing, and Lafayette County Sheriff's Department uh, Major Alan Wilburn told reporters on Wednesday that a bond hearing would not take place that day. He did not indicate when the bond hearing would be scheduled, and he said authorities were waiting on Thesfield's attorney to file a motion. Uh, it's also been made several unsuccessful attempts to reach the Lafayette County's department for further information on the on this investigation. Authorities have not yet released a possible motive for the presumed murder. According to multiple reports, Costillo had been shot eight times when a sheriff's deputy on route. A patrol discovered her body near a lake in a remote area about 30 miles from the Ole Miss campus in Oxford. This is still an ongoing case. Any further updates, I will bring him to you. This is crazy. Like, why would he do something like this? You know, clearly you were running away. So clearly he did this. But the question is, why? Why did he cut this young woman's life so short? She was so young. Why? It's a crazy world out there, everyone. Be safe. And we continue with our fourth story of the day. Murder suspect slits own throat in court. Now says he deserves a new trial because of it. The audacity of it all. Give this murder another trial because he deserves it. Aubrey Trial convicted of first-degree murder in the death of Sidney Luff is seeking a new trial, alleging a number of irregularities and incorrect actions during the trial. Trail's attorney, Ben Murray, filed papers in Saline County District Court requesting the new trial. Among the complaints cited in the filing, the judge didn't declare a mistrial after the 52-year-old trail stabbed at his own throat in front of the jury. Another complaint that the judge didn't throw out evidence that Trail and his girlfriend, Bailey Boswell, bought a, a saw before Love was killed that may have been used to dismember the 24-year-old. And that the judge allowed the presentation of gruesome photos, which unfairly prejudiced the jury. The request also says the evidence doesn't support a guilty verdict because a prosecuting attorney said in closing arguments that it's not known who strangled Love. The jury sat through three weeks of testimony and saw almost 500 pieces of evidence before rendering a verdict with three hours of getting the case. I'm sorry, within three hours of getting the case. Trail is now awaiting uh, three judges' decisions on whether he will receive the death penalty or life in prison. Boswell is waiting trial. Oh, wow. He is de- he's very demanding, isn't he? A murder with demands. How about that? Ain't that something crazy, 2019?
And we've come down to the last story of the day. That little bonus case that I told you about. This is a very sad one. This is a case that I've been following ever since the whole investigation started. It's his grieving father of murdered pregnant mom, Shanann Watts, says internet trolls are sending death threats, ridiculing death children. Why are people doing this? Why are you making fun of this situation? People are going through pain. They lost grandkids and they lost a daughter. Why? The father of a Colorado mother who was brutally murdered with her two young daughters has said that uh, his family has been the target of merciless online bullying. The Denver Channel reports that Frank uh, Rozek, the father of Shanann Watts, and the grandfather of Bella and Celeste Watts held a news conference outside the family's former Frederick, Colorado home, begging, begging for the online harassment to stop. Just stop. Please, just stop. Rezek reportedly said in front of news crews this week after flying in from North Carolina to read a prepared statement. And he says, I don't want to go into the specifics, but I will say that our family, including Shanann and her children and our grandchildren, have been ridiculed, deemed, slandered, and mocked in the most vicious ways you can imagine, Rusek said. The grieving grandfather reportedly said that internet trolls has been spreading false rumors about the victims and that Shanann's relatives have even received death threats. This is so wrong. It's cruel. It is heartless, the father said. Uh, as it's been previously reported, Chris Watts pleaded guilty in November to the murders of his pregnant wife and three- and four-year-old daughters. He is serving multiple life sentences in a Wisconsin prison. In February, Watts sat down for a prison interview with law enforcement agents and shared for the first time the details of the brutal killings last August. Watts admitted that he strangled his wife in bed and then drove his man's dead body in the car to an oil field uh, where he buried Shanann before smothering his daughters to death and dropping their bodies in, in an oil tank. Watts admitted that he uh, was having an affair with the co-worker, Nicole Kessinger, at the time of the murders and had told his wife he wanted a divorce on the morning of the murder. According to the Denver Channel, Rasek said at the news conference that he had appealed to popular social media sites like YouTube and Facebook for help stopping the harassments, but that the companies have not cooperated. He reportedly said he wanted Congress to create laws that would spare victims of unspeakable crimes from this kind of abuse. Shanann would have defended herself, and now I am here defending her, her father said. It doesn't need to be like this. I shouldn't have to be out here doing this. This is so, so sad beyond sick. Why? Are you making fun of them? Why? They were murdered. These are children. What is wrong with people?
There you have it, my podcast listeners. We have come to the end of today's podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to what is episode 9. Also, don't forget the Crime Corner podcast is also now available on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So don't forget to check us out on those streaming uh, platforms. Share us, let it, let it known. Uh, let your friends know, let your mama know, let everybody know, let your neighbor know about our crime stories. You never know, you might be that missing link to solving a cold case. With that said, I am home, Masa, bring you the crime. But before I leave, please remember to be safe, lock your doors, and don't forget to look both ways before crossing the street. This was Crime Corner Podcast. Till next time. <laughs>